Wait, don't hang up. All right, got All it. Right. Okay. <laughs> cool. That was our I, fake goodbye. I figured. Yeah. I left the moment. I was like, hmm. Yeah. I, I, I feel like I feel like this is just for the uh, yeah. audio. It is, and it is. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Greenlight Podcast. Greenlight. That's Jackson coming at you right here. And this is Lauren. And we are the Greenlight, as we already said. What do we do, Lauren? Well, we read unproduced plays and screenplays and interview the writers. That we do. That we do. We actually have a very special treat today because, well, two things. A treat. Um, our writer this week is a fan of the show, which is really awesome. Yes. And also... Um, we have our very first actor who is not someone who lives with us. Yeah, which is so, which is super very exciting. exciting. Um, and also, this is actually, I guess, I guess the first person we've had on the show who, like, I know and Jackson doesn't know if that makes sense. <laughs> the- like, because everyone else has been like from Chapel Hill and stuff. Yeah, that's a good so, point. <laughs> yeah, so we have a, a special guest actor, Hannah Zamari. Who I know from Tecumseh from yes. last summer. So. Well, yeah. Explain what Tecumseh is. Have you explained oh, what Tecumseh is on this show? I don't think so. Okay. It's it's an outdoor <laughs> theater show in Chillicothe, Ohio. Yeah. Not necessarily a household name, but I went I I went and saw Lauren and Hannah, uh, even though I didn't yeah. really know Hannah at the time. Pretty crazy. But, we uh, uh, we operated cannons together. So yeah, there you go. But it's yeah. it's a it's a nice show. So uh, if the world ever returns to normal and you're in Chillicothe, <laughs> Ohio over the summer. Uh, maybe take a trip to to Tecumseh. Chillicothe, yeah. And it is a it is a it is a fun show. Huge amphitheater, seats like seventeen hundred. Oh yeah, which it's is crazy. pretty wild. It's huge. Yes, 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 yes. But so, in lieu of talking about our Patreon and our uh, our iTunes reviews and stuff like that, but most of y'all know, do that. do do that, <laughs> please, uh, if you could. But we we obviously wanted to talk about uh, Chadwick Boseman. Um, if 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 people aren't aware he passed away on Friday, August 28th, uh, at the age of 43. Yeah. Due to colon cancer, which is uh, number one, I'd like to say, it is pretty wild in today and just how how everyone's how public business, everyone's yeah, lives are, yeah. For for this to for him struggling with colon cancer to not have been a known thing. Yeah. And it, it's 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 pretty wild and and you know, it, I th- I think it's good that it wasn't necessarily a public thing. I was I was you know on Twitter obviously, and obviously uh, I am on it a lot. But people saying that if he would have made it public, then everything he did would have been in the light of having cancer, and you know mm-hmm. he wouldn't have been able to get get away from that in the in the media. And so, um, you know, it, it, it's it's wild that it it wasn't well known, but you know, knowing it now. It's pretty, it's pretty impressive, honestly, what he was able to do in in the time. For sure. In the he's had it for he's been dealing with it for four years, and in that time, he did Civil War, Black Panther. Um, I I, I didn't write down exactly. He he's been in roughly five movies, I think five or well, six he did, movies. Uh, he did Twenty One Bridges. He did Bridges, Infinity War, to Five Bloods, Endgame. Yeah, and. He he also has so obviously most people probably know him as Black Panther T'Challa. He also has portrayed Jackie Robinson, James Brown, Thurgood Marshall. It's 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 incredible the the legacy that he left on screen 
And now knowing what we know off screen, yeah. you know. Well, and also he, you know, throughout his whole career, he did so much outreach. He he went and yeah. visited kids in the hospital, you know, mm-hmm. like, and I mean, those kids, like he, he visited a lot of cancer patients who were kids and everything. You know, yeah. that was something he was known for. And it's, yeah, I mean, it's just crazy that he was struggling with that too. And we never knew. Exactly. Um, yeah, he, he'd already done so much and it just seemed like he had so much more, you know, like he was still so young, you know, 43 to, if you're, if you're 15, 43 seems old, but in reality he had so much left. Yeah. He had so much left that, uh, that he could have accomplished. And the fact that he was acting, putting out these incredible movies during the toughest time of his life, just attests to, to, to how strong he was as as a person and it, it it's incredible what he did. I wanted to highlight um just just a couple things. Um you know, obviously everyone loved him as we as we've seen as you all know. I I I can't imagine anyone not liking Chadwick Boseman. Um the the tweet from his Twitter account re- regarding his death was the most liked tweet of all time. Wow, really? Yeah. I mm-hmm. didn't know that. Yeah. Which is which is uh, in- incredible in itself. But speaking of, speaking of Twitter, I wanted to highlight a couple tweets of just sort of the that sort of highlighted the impact that he left. Yeah. Um, one was from at Emotal Emotalol E M Y E M O T Y L O L, and it says uh, Chadwick Boseman created an entire era. Children looked up to him. Black kids would dress up as Black Panther because of him. He was their first representation. Immediately following that, I want to highlight a tweet from renaissance ast chadwick and black panther mean so much to black kids today but let me tell you when my 70 year old father realized that his grandson's favorite superhero was black something in that man healed and he can't have been the only one in his generation to experience that wow yeah just incredible how his his impact spanned generations and just Absolutely, yeah. for 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 the black community what he did portraying not only Black Panther but like I said people like Jackie Robinson Thurgood Marshall James Brown you know his presence on screen will will be felt for a long time and uh, so f- finally um, do do you have anything else you want to say about about Chadwick I have like one one final little quote that I think ties it up well but if you have anything um, else yeah I don't know I I don't think so it's just you know he. I think that obviously anytime someone passes away, you know, people will always find nice things to say, but with Chadwick Boseman, it's, I don't know, it's just like, he, he was an incredible guy, an incredible actor, you know, he was very well-liked and very deserving mm-hmm. of all of the praise that he has received both during his life yeah. and um, in the last week, so... Yeah, I mean, like you said, I think he had so much more to give, and yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So yeah, one one final thing about about Chadwick. So um, I've seen this sort of floating around, but I just wanted to share it. Um, you know, you hear people all the time talk about like beating cancer, and you know, it's it's a very vague term, so you know, it's hard to really quantify what that means. But um, a former ESPN anchor who also battled through cancer, he's pretty well known, Stuart Scott. Um, a, a quote that he had comes to mind. When you die, it does not mean that you lose to cancer. You beat cancer by how you live, why you live, and the manner in which you live. Chadwick Boseman beat cancer. He did it by the way he lived through it, the strength he showed in spite of it. Thank you, Chadwick. Yeah. All right. So now, after that, just a little moment, a little, a little uh. deep breath. Um, and now we're going to transition 
uh, into our detour segment. Yeah. Well, actually, um, oh. so we do have one new iTunes review. Do we I really? Just it. Whoa. Well, yeah, but they didn't leave it. They never, you know, we always tell you guys to roast us and leave your detours, and you never do. I don't know why. <laughs> I feel like that seems fun. But um, thank you to Jay Hinson12344, who said, love the podcast, fun host with good chemistry. Highly recommend. So thank you. Jay Hinson. Thank you. The only person I know, Hinson, that's... Uh, Scotty, my technical oh, brother-in-law's yeah, last yeah. name, but uh, that his his first name is Scotty, I think. Scott. Ma- I mean, mm. ma- maybe Scotty's his middle well, name. Well, because it's something. not Maitland. Yeah, whoever whoever Hinson that left us that review, if that is your real name, thank you. We we very much appreciate <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, we appreciate it. Uh, but now, I think now we can transition into detours. Yeah. All right, our detour segment. This is the segment every week where we highlight something that we have consumed the past week. Oftentimes, it's a movie or a TV show or a play that we've read, but also it could be a book that we've read or the occasional one time that we did it 10-year-old video game. So, Correct. Lauren, how about you go first? Well, um, I've been reading this for a little more than a week, but I've been reading Bad Feminist by Roxanne Gay. Mm-hmm. It is a collection of essays, um, and you know the the same group that is some students and alumni and one professor from Western. Mm-hmm. Um, we read Stamp from the Beginning together. The 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 crew. Um, I was trying to think of something that also started with C for catamounts. <laughs> the catamount crew. I don't know. Oh, that's really good, and it took you two seconds. All right, continue. <laughs> All right. <laughs> when you go to the school, you find things that go with catamount. I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> no, but um. Yeah, so we wanted to read a book afterwards that dealt with intersectional feminism. Um, So Roxane Gay is a uh, writer and professor who is also a black woman. Um, And it is just a collection of essays that deal with all kinds of things. You know, they deal with um, there is a part on gender and how that's dealt with in the media. There's a part there's a part called race and entertainment that talks about how black people and other people of color are portrayed in the media and also in pop culture. Um, yeah, there's, I mean, there's just a lot of really interesting stuff in there. And, you know, I think that, um, it was definitely a good read after Stamp from the Beginning because Stamp from the Beginning is very, very fact-based, you know, Mm. there are, I mean, there's truly not a single thing that is in that book that is not supported to death. You know what I mean? And, you know, it makes sense. I mean, he did not want anyone questioning, anything that he wrote, you know, but because this is a book of essays, it's much more opinion based Hmm. and it does deal with a lot of the same topics, you know, it, um, because Stan from the beginning is a history of racism in America. It does deal with sort of, um, let me see. Okay. So in, in the race and entertainment section there, each chapter is more or less about a different movie or TV show or something. Um, so I think the first one is about the help. Um, which was, you know, of course, very popular, both the book and the movie. Um, I have read the book and seen the movie. And but it just sort of either. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's it's interesting seeing just how um, I don't know. I think it's just up until reading this, I had never realized that, like, my view of the help and it like not necessarily being problematic came from a privileged standpoint, because hmm. it's really about like it's. You know, it, it's like a white savior complex kind of thing because there's a white woman named Skeeter who is from a wealthy family and has um, a black housekeeper. And she's like, you know what? I'm going to go around and interview all these black women about what it's really like to be a maid in Mississippi, you know, in in the 60s. Um, you know, so, I mean, it's 
it's definitely interesting looking at that in a different lens. It's also interesting looking at it from an opinion-based piece because, you know, while most of the things she says I do agree with, there are some things that I'm like, okay, like, maybe I don't necessarily vibe with it. Like, there was a chapter on trigger warnings, um, and I didn't necessarily agree with everything she said, but I think that's also part of the beauty of it is that, you know, it's a it's a book of essays, and you can kind of bring your own opinions to it and learn from it, but also, you know, come to it with a critical eye. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so, I mean, it's a really good read. Um, it's really great to read it and get another perspective on things. Um, there's there's also a chapter, I know, um, because she's also a plus-size woman, that she talks about some of the, um, just kind of some of the struggles or things that you face that, you know, you don't deal with and might not even be aware of if you're not in that demographic. So, um, yeah, definitely recommend it. You can get it on Kindle, probably Hoopla, Libby as well. I'm sure. Um, but yeah, Bad Feminist by Roxane Gay. Pretty good. Sounds very good. Yeah. I really liked what you said about the, you know, taking it with a critical eye. Even yeah. though, even though, you know, it is, it is something that I'm sure the majority of things have been, uh, you know, poured over and probably have a lot yeah. of stuff to back them up. Well, but and it's also it's still too, opinion based, like you do you also have to think about, so I don't, I should have looked up the year that this book came out, but it is definitely, it's like probably early 2010s, I think. Are you looking at it right now? I am looking it up. Keep talking. 2014. 2014. Okay. But you know, but it's interesting to see even everything that's changed in 2014. Cause like yeah. there's a chapter talking about, um, marriage inequality. And it's mm-hmm. interesting because this was written the year before, um, gay marriage was legalized in the U S oh, like yeah. federally. Yeah. Um, and you know, so there are just certain things that have changed a good bit even since 2014. Yeah. For and sure. you know, there are also just like some things that she says, I can't think of any specific examples, but like there are some things that she says that were kind of like, I guess like would not necessarily be said now. There aren't necessarily like bad or problematic, but it's just like, oh, that's not how I would have worded that in 2020. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. But anyway, yeah. but yeah, it's it's a very good read um, and I highly recommend it. Well, very good. Alrighty. Mine is a little less academic, I would say, though... <laughs> Just well, as we can both talk about it because yes, it's, it's a great movie. <laughs> All righty. So next we're going to talk about Phineas and Ferb the movie Across the Second Dimension. Now, yeah. if you're familiar and you have a Disney Plus account, you might have seen that there is a new Phineas and Ferb movie that just came out. This is not that. This, this is the it. original, the Disney Channel original Phineas and Ferb the movie Across the Second Dimension from 2011. So Phineas and Ferb, the, the TV show follows the exploits of two... Two brothers, their stepbrothers, Phineas and Ferb. Phineas has a football-shaped head. Ferb has a long, skinny head with a little nose sticking yeah. out. Well, Phineas is just like a triangle. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, so basically, yeah, I guess a paper football-shaped head. Oh, 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 oh. Yes, is yeah, what I meant. Sense. That's what I was thinking of in my mind. <laughs> so basically, they kind of live in this like eternal summer where they like scheme fun things to do throughout the day. And then... For summer vacation, mm-hmm. and school comes along just to end it. For exactly. the annual problem for our generation is finding go a good folks. way to spend she it. She could keep going for the rest of the time. <laughs> like maybe. But I know the whole theme anyways, song. I, I know you. This all day. I know you know the whole theme song. So <laughs> basically, what happens is pretty much every episode they do this huge scheme. Their sister finds out. She's like, "What? This can't happen." She goes to try to tell their mom. By the time their mom finds out, it comes it's back. Gone. It's gone. Partially because of their pet platypus, who, in fact, is a secret agent. Who... Agent P! <laughs> Lauren has an affinity for this show, as you I can tell. I love this show. So, Agent P, 
Plary the Platypus constantly fouls the evil schemes and plans of Dr. Heinz Doofenshmirtz. Doofenshmirtz Evil Incorporated. <laughs> whose goal is to take over the tri-state area. <laughs> now, the, that's the TV show. The movie is basically about, kind of follows, I guess... Perry is the as protagonist. A episode, to be Agent, honest, Agent Perry the platypus, Agent P is the protagonist of this one. Basically, his worst fear comes true when Phineas and Ferb find out that he is in fact Secret Agent P. Yes, because he, um, basically, if his cover is blown, he's never allowed to see them again. Yes, and he really likes them. Yes, but that soon pales in compan in comparison during a trip to the second dimension, where Perry finds out that Doctor Doofenshmirtz is truly evil and successful. Yes, so that's pretty he much the plot. His, his alternate ego has taken over the alternate universe tri-state area using big scary robots, mm -hmm. and he also has a scar. And a dash of confidence. Well, so he has an eye patch, because he lost an eye, but then the scar yeah. goes over the eye patch. Yep. It's so we, we really don't find out if he ever actually lost his eye, or that's if, that's a, if that's just a for show, for aesthetic, to be yeah. the Heinz Doofenshmirtz that takes over the tri-state area. <laughs> but... I digress. So that's pretty much what you got with uh, with Phineas and Ferb, the movie Across the Second Dimension. Now, I I enjoyed Phineas and Ferb as a kid, but I don't think I ever, like, I never religiously watched it, you know? I did. Well, <laughs> really? Did you? I would have never guessed. Hey. <laughs> but this movie, I argue that you will enjoy this movie whether you know about Phineas and Ferb or not. I really I think you will. And, you know, with, with a little bit, like, pretty much all you need is the summary that we gave. That's all you need background-wise. And then you can gather pretty much the rest of the stuff. It, it's pretty yeah. straightforward if you haven't seen it. I think this is one of those movies that is both clever and funny. And I, I don't agree. Think, I don't I think agree. that's always the case. Well, because there is, like, some lowbrow humor. There's some highbrow-ish exactly. humor. You know, as much it all a, comes together. As much of a cliche as it is, this is a movie, and I, I feel like we say this about all of the children's movies that we watch out here, but it's true. It is clever and funny, and it's something that both you and your potential child or your nephew or whoever youngin you have or in your, your mom, life. Or your mom, however old you are. Correct. Really, anyone <laughs> would enjoy this movie, so don't discount it just because it's supposedly a children's movie. Movie, I put that in quotes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, going back to the clever and funny thing, I think a movie that's a good example of being clever that I didn't necessarily find funny was Sausage Party. I, I never thought, saw Sausage Party. You don't it really need really to. Dumb, well, to be honest, I, I, what I liked about it was that it was clever. But well, there's I a lot often, of like wordplay. Exactly. You know, there's a lot of like, oh, that's funny that that food would do that. Ha -ha. Yes, I found myself being like, oh, that's funny, without actually laughing. Exactly. You know, and the, I think this movie does a great job of being super clever and also very funny. Um, the writing is great. The I kind of want to incredible. talk about the one, that one really, really funny joke. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I, I wrote that one down. I don't know if it's going to play as well on here, but we can talk about it. That's okay. <laughs> so, you know, obviously, because we are going into an alternate universe dimension, um, there is another version of every single Phineas and Ferb character. Yes. This so, is also, ba back to the, the alternate dimension, pretty much every childhood show has, <laughs> has, has a version like this. of this, which I think is funny. I mean, it's even like Kim Possible exactly, has such time like, like that, we, we, talked about that, that we watched. Yes, um, continue. But that. yes, so um, Candace, who is Phineas and Ferb's older sister, in this alternate universe, because, you know, obviously Dr. Doofenshmirtz is a dictator, um, so she is leading the rebellion, and of course she's like the super cool, like she can do anything, she can sword fight, she can Very like capable. do flips off of things, whatever. Yep. Um, so at one point, you know, Candace, I think she's trying to like get her to see if she also has a crush on this universe's Jeremy, yeah. which is like a running thing throughout the show. Uh -huh. um, 
And like other universe, Candace turns around and goes, can't, what is it? Candace? Or she she said like, she was like, Candace is it? And then she just keeps going in the thing. Which and is, it's just so funny because they have the same name. They, they, well, and they're the same, they're obviously the same person. Yeah, and like they know that they're the same person yes. from another universe. Like... <laughs> It's just, yeah, it, that, that's one that's that's probably much better. You're probably like, why are they laughing at this? But it's very funny no, it's in so like the funny. context of the show. Um, and I, one, one of the things that I, I think is really successful about this and why a lot of the humor and the comedy works is because it's very like fast paced. Like it very. doesn't wait for you to laugh at the joke. Like that joke especially. They do that. They move on quickly into the next thing. And you're just like, wait. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't it doesn't need you to laugh because it knows that you're going to. Exactly. And I, I think that's that's why it was it was really successful um very so, well said do you have a guess as to what the rotten tomato score of this of this movie is i mean i know what i think it deserves don't look i now i just saw it i was the gonna Lord. say like a 95 100 percent, 100 percent on rotten tomatoes granted that's only five reviews but <laughs> still very but well deserved that is the critics rating the audience rating is 79 percent, roughly the same on imdb 7.4 out of 10 so that tells you that this is very a, a very good film that loved by all i would say Absolutely. critics and audiences alike will enjoy phineas and ferb the movie across the second dimension on disney plus yeah Ooh. also in uh the the song that plays during the credits they make like yes. a little cartoon music video mm-hmm. and uh slash is in it yeah animated which is, slash is which in is it. pretty wild because that's the only time yeah. he's in the entire thing oh yeah only time but the <laughs> thing is they play that music video on disney channel so much when yeah. this movie came out yeah slash got a lot of play for the amount of screen time he, he actually definitely had. did but, um, but so yeah. those are our detours Coming up next, we have our reading of The Last Punk on Earth by Kamani Callist. But right here, we're going to insert, and I just realized this because it was written down in, in our notes. Oh, no. uh, we have Kamani actually gave us a detour off air, technically. It was after we had finished the interview. So oh, what right, I, right, right. Yeah. So what I think I'm going to do, I think we're going to insert his detour right in here. All right, so uh, last night I started watching on Apple TV, which I didn't know that I could get as a non-Apple user. Um, mm. I started watching The Morning Show, and oh. it's with, yeah, it is incredible. This is my new house of cards. Like, it's so good. I really like it. I'm only three episodes in, but I, I love it so much. It's uh, awesome. Steve Carell, Reese Witherspoon, Jennifer Aniston, uh, Bill Crudup. this like, awesome cast, incredibly well shot. It looks like a movie. 10 hours long. It's wow. so good. Okay, we're back. That was a bit abrupt, but I think it's kind of funny. <laughs> Anyways, so after Kamani's detour, now we are going to be reading his script coming up next. Here we go. Let's do it. <laughs> Welcome back to The Green Light. The Green Light Podcast. We are here with our very first actor who does not live with us, Hannah Zamory. Hey, guys. Hannah, how are you doing today? And also, (laughs) tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us us and all of The Green Light listeners about you. Oof. Okay. Um, Well, my name's Hannah Zamory. I just graduated with my BA in theater, concentration in acting. Um, Yeah, I am currently recording this from my basement in Connecticut. So that's fantastic. Um, Fantastic. 
Um, that's pretty much it about me. I dabbled in dramaturgy a little bit. I, I met Lauren doing a, um, we worked at Tecumseh Outdoor Drama last summer together. So mm. exactly a year ago. Shout yeah. Out to yeah, exactly a year ago <laughs> when it would have ended, which is, which is wild. I was in Ohio at this time last year, as a matter of fact, as yeah, well, because that's yeah, when I yeah. went to see, see y'all in the show. So we are here today reading The Last Punk on Earth by Kamani Callist. Yeah. yeah, and I am Lauren, as you hopefully know by now, <laughs> and I am reading for Tracy. And I am Hannah, and I am reading for JJ slash girl. And I am Jackson, and I will be reading the action lines. And without further ado, let's get into it. Fade in. Exterior gas station, night. Tracy, 30-something, wearing a bunny-eared hoodie, steps out of her beat-up oldish Toyota Camry and walks towards the 24-hour mini-mart. She passes a quartet of teens... Three older guys and a teenage girl with a backpack, outside smoking and arguing about something stupid. Loud, but unintelligible. Not like Tracy notices them anyway. Interior mini-mart night, moments later. Tracy exits the bathroom and walks around the mart, grabbing bags of chips and candy and energy drinks and whatever else is good for a road trip. Standing at the checkout. The pimple-faced clerk is bored, scanning all the items. Tracy avoids eye contact. Awkward. She pulls an old iPhone. 5.23 a.m. A selfie smiling wide with another woman, 30-something black, in a tattered army cap. Exterior gas station night, moments later. Tracy carries two bags of stuff outside to her car, passing the teens again. The girl is missing from the group. And the guys are quieter now, whispering amongst each other. Chuckling. Not like Tracy notices anyway. She gets in the driver's side of her car and dumps the bag on the passenger seat. Ignition. Seatbelt. She pulls her phone again and lingers on the home screen photo for a moment before opening Google Maps. 14 hours, 16 minutes. Tracy rests her phone upright on the console. She turns right and pulls out of the gas station onto the highway. Exterior highway, day. The sky is turning blue, indicating dawn. Mountain ranges are silhouetted on either side of the freeway. Interior Tracy's car, day. Later. The sun is up now. Tracy eats a bag of Chex Mix, steering with her knee, listening intently to some vapid morning talk show playing on the radio. And Cardi B came out with a new fragrance called Bad Bitch. I know, and I already pre-ordered mine. People didn't think it would sell because of her assault scandal, but... The radio show fizzles out. Signal is bad here in the middle of nowhere. Tracy rolls her eyes trying to find a working station. Then, in the rearview mirror, girl rises from under a blanket in the back seat. Holy Jesus! She swerves, checks mix flying everywhere, both of them screaming. Tracy screeches to a stop in the middle of the highway. They're panting, just as one would from a near-death experience. A beat. That was wild. Tracy yanks herself to face the girl. Who are you? Why the hell are you in my car? When did you even get in here? I I can totally explain. Get out of my car. Wait, wait, you can't just throw me out on the highway. Get out of my car or I'm calling the fucking police. Get out of my car! Okay, fine. God, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to scare you. I'm, I'm sorry. The girl rushes over to the door and climbs out of the car. Tracy slams the gas the moment the door shuts. Exterior highway day, continuous. Backpack in hand, the girl watches her ride pull away until... It stops. Tracy's car reverses back to the girl. She rolls down the passenger side window. Hey, how old are you? Seventeen. For a moment, Tracy mentally kicks herself for this. Get in. The girl scrambles back into the car. They drive off. Exterior highway day later. Super. The last punk on earth. She by the misfits blares as their car travels down a long highway, mountains vastly stretched beside them. I'm taking you to the first police station I can find on the way. 
Interior Tracy's car, day, continuous. Because there's no way I'm driving all the way back to that gas station. The girl sits on her hands, trying to hold back a cheeky smirk. Sticker-bombed headphones play the song into one ear. What are you so smiley about? The girl shrugs. Nothing. I don't see what there is to smile about. You're in a stranger's car hours from home. I could have crashed and killed us both. I was already hours from home. What? I said I was sorry. That's not the point. What are your parents going to think of you doing this? They wouldn't care. You can't say something like that. You don't know them. Can't you just, like, take me to a bus station or something? No way. I'm not going to drop you off at some bus station. That's not safe. I can afford a ticket somewhere. It's fine. No. The girl leans back, arms crossed. Like a child. Now find my phone and Google map the nearest town. It fell somewhere over there. She begrudgingly obliges, digging around the crevices besides her seat until she finds an iPhone with a now-busted screen. A crack down the middle splits Tracy from the other woman in the photo, screen flickering on and off. Whoops. What? The girl shows Tracy the phone. Fuck. God damn it, how am I getting home now, huh? Now I don't have navigation unless there's an Apple store in the middle of fucking nowhere Montana. Couldn't we just, like, stop somewhere and buy a cheap GPS? Like, at a gas station or something? I only have enough cash for snacks and gas to get to Seattle. I'm not buying a GPS. Wait, you're going to Seattle? Um, yes. Why? I'm going to Vancouver. Can't you just take me with you to Seattle? No. No way. No fucking way. Come on, what's the big deal? No, I'm already no, trying to no, go there anyway. No, it's not like I'm asking no, you to take me no, to Vancouver. No, 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 I can get a bus no. ticket from Seattle once we get there. No. Why the hell not? You're a minor. I'm emancipated. I don't know that. I'm some stranger. Look, you don't even have a GPS. You can use my phone for navigation as long as you take me with you. I can just buy a map. Who the hell still reads maps? Are you serious? Girl, exasperated. Fuck. She leans back in her seat, arms crossed like a child. Again. Why do you want to go to Vancouver? I have family there. Why didn't they fly you out? The girl shrugs. Tracy notices. Do you and your folks not get along? If I did, I wouldn't be here, now would I? The girl turns her attention to the mountains in the distance. My name is Tracy. What's yours? Joan. But don't call me that. My friends call me JJ. Don't get ahead of yourself. I wouldn't call us friends, Joan. The girl, now revealed as JJ, rolls her eyes and reaches into the back seat, grabs her backpack, and retrieves her cell phone. Whatever. I'm getting directions to Seattle. I never said I'll take you with me. JJ. Really? The way I see it, my phone is your only way home. A beat. Tracy sighs. Exterior gas station, day. The car sits parked outside another gas station mini-mart. Interior Tracy's car, day, continuous. JJ sits slumped in her chair, arms crossed, listening to the radio, fizzling in and out. Mildly annoying. She snoops around. In the glove box, then the visor, then in the center console, she finds a ton of CDs. Yes, CDs in 2020. She pulls out a couple cases. War on Errorism by NOFX and Bad Religions Suffer. Two classic punk albums. What the fuck? She dives back into the console and thumbs through the rest. Green Day, Pennywise, Ted Kennedy's, Rancid. Tracy enters the car with another bag of snacks. Are you sure you don't have to pee? I'm fine. I had no idea you'd be into these guys. JJ holds up a couple albums and Tracy snatches them from her. We just met. Why are you snooping through things that aren't yours? Can we play some of them? No. She moves to return them to the center console, but- Come on, the radio sucks and your phone doesn't work. And whose fault is that? Are we seriously going to do the rest of this drive with only the radio? Hey, you're a stranger in my car. You have no right to go through my things. She starts the car. Please don't make me regret taking you with me. Please? 
All right, geez, I'm sorry. JJ crosses her arms like a child. Again. Interior Tracy's car, day, highway. Arms still crossed, they sit in silence. Who's your favorite? Who's my favorite what? Band? Your favorite band? I don't know. Queen, I guess? (laughs) No, I mean like punk band. I don't really listen to that stuff. Dude, what? Those CDs aren't mine. Well, whose are they? Can we not talk about it? JJ perks up, mischievous. That means they must be your ex-boyfriends. No. Why do you still have his stuff if you broke up with him? Stop. That must be it. Joan? You're seriously being a weirdo. What is the big fucking deal if they're not yours? They belong to my dead wife. Oh. Shit. Silence. Tracy pulls over and gets out, slamming the door behind her. You fucking bitch. JJ sits up in silence. She looks exactly how one would after a fuck-up like that. Exterior highway day, continuous. Distant from the car, Tracy stares out the mountain range on the horizon. The rabbit ears on her hoodie droop. The sound of the car door opening snaps her back. No, you stay in the car. Tracy, I... I don't want an apology. Just don't. JJ leans back on the trunk, looking away. Why me? Why my car? I don't know. You didn't lock your door? JJ sucks in a deep breath. I haven't actually been totally honest with you. You're a runaway. Was it that obvious? Tracy wipes away a tear and nods. I just couldn't take it anymore. Yeah, I know. Why are you helping me? You remind me of her. Everything about you. She ran away from home before her high school graduation. No one would take her in. No one even helped, so she just roamed for months. A beat. That's tough. Tracy giggles. (sighs) Yeah. She almost didn't make it until she did. Jane, the last punk on earth. So resilient. Why do you still have her CDs if you don't listen to them? I don't know. Tracy finally looks at JJ. I'm sorry for the way I've been acting. It's okay, I'm not mad. No, I need to say this. It was wrong for me to blow up at you when you've been only been trying to connect with me this whole time. She would never do that. Tracy's voice trembles and her lip quivers. JJ gets up and hugs her tight. They stand there together for a while. You said your brother's in Vancouver? Begin montage. Exterior highway day, later. They drive through the woods. Yeah, North Vancouver. Put in his address. Isn't that way out of your way? Interior Tracy's car, day, later. Tracy rifles through the CDs and hands one to JJ. There's nothing really waiting for me in Seattle anymore. I want to make sure you're taken care of. JJ inserts it into the CD player. Hope by Descendants plays. Exterior gas station, day, later. As Tracy fills the tank, she looks back at JJ, inaudibly singing along in the car. Interior Minimart, day, later. Tracy and JJ grab a bunch of snacks. Interior Tracy's car, day, later. Tracy and JJ chat and laugh. JJ catches Tracy singing along to the music and teases her. JJ inserts another CD. Tracy pulls over into a field. Exterior field, day, sunset. They sit on the trunk of the car, drinking sodas and watching the sunset. JJ writes lyrics into a sticker-bombed notebook. Exterior highway, night. The highway is busy as there are more lanes. Then, heavy traffic. And montage. Interior Tracy's car, night, continuous. Tracy glances at JJ, sleeping with her headphones on. She pulls the ZD from the player, stopping the music, and returns it to its case. 
Then she picks up all the CDs, grabs JJ's backpack from the back seat, and stuffs the CDs inside. She notices a pair of drumsticks sticking out of the top of the bag. Tracy grabs JJ's pen and notebook off the dashboard, rips out the back page, and writes something. Exterior suburbs, night. They pull up in front of a suburban house. Interior Tracy's car, night, continuous. JJ looks out the window at the house. Are you nervous? JJ turns to Tracy and shrugs. Not really. Tracy pulls her in for a long hug. Take care, JJ. You too. JJ grabs her backpack and gets out of the car, but hesitates to shut the door. Are you sure you're going to be okay? I'll be fine. Don't worry about me. JJ holds her gaze for a moment. Okay. She shuts the door and waves goodbye again as she walks to the house. Tracy watches her ring the doorbell and wait until the door opens, revealing JJ's brother. They hug. Tracy smiles and pulls away. Exterior suburbs, night, continuous. JJ closes her eyes, tearing up. Fade to black. End credit scene. Interior bedroom, night. JJ drops her bag on the floor and collapses onto the bed. After a beat, she opens her bag to find the CDs Tracy left for her. Oh my god. She pulls them out and stares at them. She looks in the bag again, sees the note wrapped around her drumsticks, and pulls it out. To the last punk on earth, you'll make better use of these than me. With a phone number at the bottom. JJ holds the paper close, grinning wide. Cut to black. Welcome back to the Green Light. The Green Light Podcast. Woohoo! I did that same thing on last week's. <laughs> so we <laughs> are fine. here with our writer of the week, Kamani Keijo Kallist. Um, Keijo is Keijo Kamani's in nickname. in parentheses. <laughs> Wait, no, not parentheses. Uh, uh, quotes. Quotes. God. <laughs> what is wrong with me? What is wrong with me? So how are you doing, Keijo? I am great. How are you doing? We are good. We're doing well. We're doing. Lauren's been up actually since like six forty-five. Yeah. yeah. Well, I I had to go to um a virtual bridal shower for my cousin. So mm-hmm. yeah. So I mean, exciting. Oh. But it was it was eleven a.m. on the East Coast. So I was like, oh no. That is that is interesting. <laughs> okay. Oh, that was eleven a.m. over here. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So yeah, it was eight a.m. here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you're. Are you right now in Atlanta or New York? Because in my slight Instagram stalking of you, I've seen that you go between both places. So where are you right now? Right now I'm in Atlanta. I've been here since the beginning of COVID. Gotcha. Cool. Is that where you're originally from? Yeah. No, no. My um, uh, my dad moved down here uh, a decade ago, and then my sister came down here for high school four years ago. So uh, I guess I got them down here. But I've been – I'm from New York, uh, born and raised – so I'm missing my city, and I feel bad for abandoning abandoning sure. it during during all this. But I'm going back this week finally. Oh, okay. great! Nice. Well, well, congratulations yeah. to you. I hope the South has treated you well while you've been down there. As you might know, Lauren and I are from North Carolina, so very very yeah, close to yeah. old Georgia. <laughs> yeah, I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was like this close to moving to Atlanta instead of LA. Yeah, so could have almost been there, but yeah, I'm not. True, 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 true. Well, I, yeah. How about we start with the old classic, that old writer origin story question. How did you get started writing, Kejo? How did I get started writing? Uh, so my my writer origin story, I'm not sure how common this one is, but uh, I am, I only want to create one thing. There's really one 
project that I've kind of dedicated my life to, and it's a passion project that I started uh, coming. I came up with the idea with a friend of mine in fourth grade, so I was like nine, right? And uh, and from that, that just led me into like learning screenwriting and photography, cinematography, filmmaking in general, and uh, even 3D animation because I kind of want to make the show uh, 3D animated, like high level. Hmm. But um, but uh, yeah, it's it's not like it's not like uh, you know, I always knew I wanted to be a filmmaker, and I had all these ideas. Like no, not all these ideas. One singular idea, and every. <laughs> part of my life is going towards bringing that to fruition, you know? Wow. So, um, are you, yeah. are you willing to spill any details yeah. or no? We don't want to ruin the artistic <laughs> process, of course, but we'd love to hear more. Oh no, don't worry. Oh, absolutely. I, listen, I, I don't, I don't think anyone's going to steal ideas. And if they do, you know what, if they do it and take it how I want it to be done, then I don't really care. Cause this is just something that I want to see. You know? Yeah. Um, so it's, uh, originally it started off at this like, really campy, uh, uh, you know, the mind of a nine-year-old um, thing about robotic hand, like like the, your hands, like the limb, you know, yep. um, at, that helped fight crime with a bunch of teens, right? And they were, like, fighting the, the prince of the sun who was an alien who came here to, like, take over Earth. That's what it originally started as, but then it turned into, over the years, um, this, like, really... Uh, uh, gritty dramatic you know not as fun take on something like that but more of like this uh idea of what if the u.s or not the u.s but like world governments decided to create superpowers in the world which is not a unique idea but instead of like it like forming like some task force force x type thing they uh it like the project goes wrong and then everything gets shut down and then years later superpowers and like scientific superpowers on a low level start cropping up in in the criminal underworld so they start selling the ability to get superpowers to rich people to give to their kids who are still growing because their bodies are the only ones who are available to take like accept that change uh Hmm. biologically so so it takes that and like it deals with like ptsd and other traumas and you know child souls child soldiers and like uh uh all of that sex trafficking, it, it gets like really, really uh, heavy, um, heavier than than a nine year old would enjoy. But, <laughs> sure, um, I imagine I, it has morphed yeah. over time. Yeah, like you said. Yeah, it morphed incredibly over time. That whole hands idea really died, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that really cool. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, keep us updated on that, please. That that overall goal, because uh, that sounds really interesting, and we'd love to hear more about it as it progresses. Yeah. Oh, totally. That's fifteen years from you know down the line. Like sure, sure, sure. Like a long plan, but of course. Um. But yeah. Well, awesome. Uh, so we can go ahead and get into some questions about this script, the last punk on earth. So. Hey. The only description we get of Tracy initially is that she is 30-something and wearing a bunny-eared hoodie. What is the significance of the hoodie, and why is it so important to Tracy? So, the bunny-eared thing is really kind of... It was part of, like, I I ended up having a whole backstory for both these characters, right? Um, and, uh, And for Tracy, 
that bunny-eared hoodie thing is kind of like a representation of of uh, kind of some kind of innocence or childlikeness within her life, right? So uh, her wearing that is kind of like a a holding on to to that, right? Mm-hmm. And it and it's and it falls into like this whole um, this whole like. Or is she willing to let go of of some kind of past that she dealt with? And it's not like we explore her whole past in the project, but um, just like these little hints of it. And also, like for shooting purposes, I do want to shoot this project. Um, it's also just a really visual thing, you know. Like I really want. Um, I. I it, it, it's a thing that you know you want this character to stand out on the page, or at least on or on the screen. So. Um, at least visually. So that was like an, another thing that I was thinking about, like just shooting wise. Yeah, yeah sure. that makes sense. And I think that's a, that's a really cool thing. Like that is very visual and like you see it and like, it's not exactly it tells you like, something about her, yeah, you know, as for opposed sure. to if she was just wearing a normal hoodie. And and I I'm actually gonna skip to a different question that we had, not in order, because I think this this deals with kind of the same thing. You're gonna have to bear with me. It's a bit of a a a, a, a brain vomit, but so this script does something <laughs> okay. which I like. I really think more scripts could and should do. I really feel like it like trusts the reader. So, like, with, with like, you know, the bunny-eared hoodie or with uh, just some of the different action lines, um, it, it doesn't, like, over-explain every detail. It gives you, like, an idea of what it is, and it sort of lets the reader sort of fill in the gaps from there with stuff in their own life or stuff in their own history. And it almost makes it more personal to the reader because it doesn't, like, it doesn't explain every minute detail. Um, so right. if, if that makes any sense at all, I would, I would love to just hear you like talk about your writing style and like sort of how that plays into it. If it does, if I'm right at all and what you feel like, like your relationship as the writer should be with like the reader. So, uh, so yeah, that's kind of, that definitely is a big part of my writing style. I know that, uh, even since, even with my main passion project, uh, that, that, that a uh, superpowered thing. I don't like to use the word superhero because it doesn't fit it at all. But um, I just know that like writing the pilot episode for that, um, I don't like overt exposition mm. um, in a lot of things, you know, like it just feels so, it, I don't like being so handholdy um, to, you know, explain out every part of it, especially for short films like this one. I was, it, my struggle was trying to keep this as short as possible. My, mm. um, I have a, another friend of mine who's a, who's a screenwriter. Uh, he, I had him read this, and uh, his main criticism of it was that it was it. There's like so much more he wants to know that he wants to know on the page, and he actually is convincing me to write a feature <laughs> for this project itself. But, oh, that's um, great! Cool. Yeah, but um, I, I still want to shoot this how it is. But I might write. I might consider doing it. But. Um, that was his main main gripe with it. And I understand that, like, you want to know a lot more because there's a lot more in my mind uh, to these characters' lives. Like, I know uh, everything that they've gone through up until this point, even though it's not a lot of things that aren't even touched upon. Like, Tracy is going to school for architecture. That's not a thing that's even mentioned or hinted at at all in the thing. It's like just a, a bunch of little things uh, I know the reason that Tracy's wife died and all that. So it's like, I think as a writer, there is, there is a duty to trust your reader, you know, 
Yeah. Like if you're if you're if you're kind of giving away, if you're kind of like giving everything, every hint, every little uh, thing, it's like. They are, uh, if you're writing something like this, which is very much rated R, I guess, or PG-13 or whatever, there's like a level of maturity that your audience uh, could be expected to have in order to, you know, parse out details from from little things. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, and I felt like it it trusted the actors too, you know, because there are a couple lines in the action lines like. She looks exactly how one would after a fuck up like that, or she's panning just as one mm. would after a near death experience. And that, rather than mm. saying exactly what they're doing, it sort of lets the actor say, "Oh, okay. Well, how would I respond to a near de- near death experience or after making that kind of mistake?" You know. Um, right. So, so yeah, I, I appreciated that too, as an actor, I guess. Wait, <laughs> as an actor. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, obviously, music plays a huge role in this script. So, what is your experience with punk music, and why did you choose it as the focal point of the film? So, punk is actually a, a really, uh, actually. So, I don't think I chose it because of my affinity with punk music, right? I think it's really, I mean, I guess tangentially it is, but I, I, I was listening uh, sometime summer last year. I was like on a huge misfits uh uh like you know like uh what was the word a, a huge misfits misfits phase like i was yeah. listening to misfits for like two months straight uh that's all i'd play basically um and uh and for some reason like that gave me the idea that gave me the idea of the character of jj like it, it it um especially that song she that i that i put in the script mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. which i want to figure out how i can get to use in the actual uh, short film but right. that's a story <laughs> for another day <laughs> yeah we'll get there when we get there you know <laughs> yeah yeah um but uh that that was really it like i was listening to that song and that gave me just a picture of jj like very vividly and then also for some reason like this lonely drive through this through this uh uh empty space like like montana is right so um so it's really the visual that came to me first but then my own my own uh uh connection to punk is like i grew up uh i'm a black guy in case uh people listening can't tell (laughs) Um, (laughs) you better follow our instagram so you'll see him but yes yeah (laughs) just in case you don't (laughs) yeah so uh, i grew up i grew up you know, born and raised in Brooklyn. My parents, uh, my whole family is all Caribbean from Grenada. Um, I grew up around a bunch of Caribbeans uh, and Hispanics and African-Americans. And and if you ain't know this, New York City schools are uh, the most segregated in the country, if I huh. believe. Yeah, I think I, I read this. I read this statistic like years ago. I need to actually brush up on it just to make sure that is actually correct. But yeah, <laughs> New York City schools are the most segregated schools in the in the country. And um, and my school, my high school, I only one white stu- student ever graduated from the high school, and only one Asian student, and she was in my class. Wow. So yeah, so all black Hispanic. And the weird thing for me is growing up around like around that. I was never growing up into uh, the typical, you know, uh, what you what you'd imagine for a stereotypical like black uh, experience music. Like 
hip hop wasn't something big in me. R- reggae and soca and dancehall, because I was grew up around Caribbean, that was big, but like not nearly as much as rock, which I I really loved. Um, and I got and I got picked on for it because I was like one of the few people growing up who was into that at all, even by people in my own family or friends and and all that. So uh, it kind of created like this this like uh, rebellious nature kind of in me and where I didn't want, I I didn't feel like accepted within, you know, in any circles up until like maybe late high school when I found a couple people who were into the same stuff that I was into. But, um, but that, that's kind of, that's kind of like the punkness in me, I guess. It's just like that, that, uh, nonconformist, uh, thing in me you know so jj's kind of it feels kind of like a like a like an extension of that you know like yeah. what i thought of myself to be as a 17 year old high schooler um even though jj in my head can jj jj and tracy are both you know like white women from places i've never even been to so it's like <laughs> right. I, I yeah so it, so it's a weird it's a weird it feels like uh kind of punk kind of tra- it, punk not kind of transcends but it like that, that kind of idea and that identity kind of transcends any others. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a punk rocking New York, New York city artist before I'm black to me, you yeah. know? So yeah. That's, that's really cool. And I, I love how you talk about, you know, music, like transcending and, and, and things like that. Like that's the, that's the connection between you and, and JJ. And like, it's so interesting that you talk about how, you know, you, you didn't feel accepted, um, and then I feel like that's exactly kind of how punk works. Like you said, like it's sort of a place where people who don't feel accepted, uh, that they can feel right. that they can go to and, and feel heard and things. So, so I really like that. I really like what you said. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it's definitely a way for Tracy and JJ to bond because even though Tracy is not the one who's into punk music as much, um, you know, it, it's a way for them to bond. It's a way for these people who, really probably would not have gotten along and probably wouldn't have had anything in common to, you know, bond and become closer and to, I guess, gain empathy for each other. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Right. Um, So another thing that I really liked about the script is how it handles conflict. I feel like some scripts, especially like... They go from zero to a hundred sometimes. Very much so. It's very much like the conflict comes out of nowhere sometimes. But I love how this, it arises naturally and is dealt with like in a very human way. So how, like, question, how do you do that? And like, just (laughs) insert this interesting conflict into your script without making it feel super forced. Uh, Oh man, that's a good question. Because I am not, so sure. I think it's just a little nugget of, of um, there's a couple little nuggets that, that I think lead up to it not feeling forced. Um, and then there's like a, uh, there's a fall from that, from that early conflict, like that early kind of, you know, surprise um, of her popping up uh, that also kind of like lessens the blow of, of that thing, you know? So mm-hmm. for example, um, for example, the okay, I wrote I wrote in this in this uh, this one line, not like Tracy notices anyway, mm-hmm. for a very specific reason. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. And, and it's not just actually a couple of specific reasons. It's not just for shooting because that also directs how you shoot. 
who you want to focus on, who's more a prominent in the frame, and that'd be Tracy or JJ, but not both, not both to the audience because like then they then they'd uh, uh, have some kind of connection. Tracy is walking past. She's not noticing. She's kind of in her own world. And that leaves a door open for uh, for this little group of, of weird teenagers like hanging around outside a gas station to to be noticed more by the audience in a way. Because it's mm-hmm. like, Tracy's obviously not paying attention, so I feel like we should, you know? Yeah. Right. Um, and then... And then after that, she comes out. She still doesn't notice them. She ain't noticed how many people were there. Now we see there's one less. And we notice who is not there, right? Right, yeah. Um, so she gets in the car, starts driving away. And then that immediate shock of, like, uh, Tra- uh, JJ popping up, um, you know, from under a blanket. And then, you know, they swerve and stops the car and all that. And then later on, as it falls, it ex- gets explained away um, as to why she was in there, like, you know, she's a runaway, which is a relatively, I think, relatively obvious from the beginning, but I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, yeah. I, sure, sure, sure. I, yeah. Yeah. And then, I, so I don't know, I can't really say for for most projects or like, you know, most uh, uh, screenplays, but for this one, I feel like it was just, there were just enough nuggets like a couple nuggets planted at the beginning and then like just enough at the end leading away from it to kind of, kind of not make it just like this shoehorned in thing. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, And I mean, I felt like, you know, I, I think the, the tough thing is to create a conflict that arises out of a conversation that starts amicably. I think that you did a really smart thing by creating a very clear inciting incident of her, (laughs) you know, popping out from under a blanket in the back of the car. Um, Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I just thought that was really smart. And, you know, you can kind of just have your characters react naturally from there. I mean... So yeah, yeah. I, I thought that was great. Yeah, and and another thing, as you were speaking, it it it, it brought this into my mind. Just like you said, those nuggets, and I feel like sometimes those nuggets are put in, and the audience doesn't notice them the first time around, and then it like it becomes a surprise, and they're like, oh wait, and then they go back again and watch it, and they see it. But these nuggets are different because right. they're kind of meant for the audience to like see them in a way, and so you know yeah. more than the the characters in the story do right. sometimes. So it like builds that tension up inside of you. It's like oh. Oh, when's she going to see it? When's she going to notice? You know, whatever. What's going to happen next? So, like, there's a couple ways to do it. And I think uh, the way you did it uh, works well for this script and and is very well done. So, yeah. Lauren has our next question, which uh, yes. which is uh, a, a fun <laughs> one, if I might say. <laughs> so, okay. if Cardi B came out with a new fragrance called Bad Bitch, what would it smell like? <laughs> and how well do you think it would be received by the general public? Oh, that is a good question. Uh, huh. The real journalist coming out inside of us when we thought of that one. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, that, yeah, that's incredible journalism. I, I appreciate the question. Um, what would that smell like? Listen, I don't listen to Cardi B that much, so I'm not sure. I think it would smell like, I think it would smell like gold, mm. you know? Mm. Whatever the smell of gold is, it smells like riches. Smell, smells like luxury. Uh, uh, yes. Yeah. yeah, like luxury, extravagant. That sounds more like an actual cologne commercial, you know. Yeah. Those, uh, <laughs> Cardi B, if you're you know, listening, like the, you're happy yeah. to take all of these ideas. You will smell rich. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't tell anything about the actual smell, just like how you'll feel. Exactly. True. Yeah, Dior or whatever. There you go. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> and great. Then, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I think personally, I think how it received if she combined the drop of the perfume with um the drop of WAP the video True. and then song yeah. that just came out, yeah. I think it would sell like hotcakes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> no, that would be a perfect double release. Yes, <laughs> drop so, that song plus that cologne. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, that'd be, yeah. So. Yeah. So this next question actually takes on an entirely new light after after what we've talked about in this interview. So this script okay. has an end credit scene, right? <laughs> so yeah. in the LPCU, the last punk cinematic universe, when does JJ mm. realize she has superpowers and how do she and Tracy eventually <laughs> reunite to form the crime-fighting duo of the century? Oh, man, I love this. You know what? So, all right. So, you want to know something, right? Please. Um, what you just said—the last talk on Earth cinematic universe, the last talk cinematic universe—that's not, that's not, uh, uh, that's not so much a joke as you think it is. Oh, I'm excited. Oh, okay. <laughs> Here's the thing: it's very loose. It's hardly connected. But this project I'm trying to shoot in two years during a much bigger passion project uh, another big passion project of mine which is i'm building a tiny house and driving around the u.s for a year making short films wow and this is one of the short films i want to make yeah so um so this is one of the short films i want to make and then there a couple others have uh i would the the main characters of those i imagine in my head canon to have some kind of team up so uh jj she's gonna realize her powers are the manipulation of sound because music and all that. So she can like scream sonic waves like Black Canary and stuff. Yeah. Um, cool. And, and uh, her weapons are her two drumsticks, which like get like, like she uses like batons and they extend and stuff. And uh, she'd figure it out. Uh, I, th- I think she'd figure it out after calling Tracy and Tracy, re- uh, Tracy reveals that she's basically uh, a Nick Fury type character and she's mm. trying to build the next Avengers. Hmm. <laughs> wow. All right. I'm on All board. Right. Yeah. Let's go. We're green lighting that too, as a matter of fact, on this episode. <laughs> oh, sweet. Sweet. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. So, lots of script questions. I mean, I, I hope to see more of this script if, if there is a whole yes. LPCU, LPCU coming out. <laughs> um, but we're going to get into some personal questions. So, First of all, Ooh, uh, Jackson's always big on on making sure to look at everybody's Instagram and Facebook and everything. As you know, so <laughs> as I've mentioned, <laughs> your Instagram is beautiful. It is. It is filled with oh, wonderful photography. Um, so, you know, one thing one thing that we sense from your photos is just that it feels very genuine. You know, um, so we don't really know that much about photography, to be honest. I mean, we Little we are doing none. this in an in an audio medium, <laughs> yes. so that that might. <laughs> be clear um but talk about your process and how you approach filmmaking after a background in photography so uh filmmaking was always my number one so oh okay um, so i mean it's not like all right i say that but i don't have like anything proper produced like i've i've worked in every i've worked in every like big role on small projects so like uh i've directed for small projects i've casted for commercials like i've done all this i just don't have a reel for it because none of those projects have ever finished and oh, because no. of the because of the producers mm. um <laughs> so um so but filmmaking is something that I, I i've had more of a background in in the first place and i understand like and i study storytelling since i started my passion project so it's been what 12 years yeah. 13 years so um so Approaching photography is kind of like 
it's kind of it just for me it's just another part of filmmaking it doesn't feel very separate or or uh like a different practice to me it kind of feels more like um it's kind of like cinematography but like one off you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's uh, yeah i mean basically it's still frames so um and and uh i i kind of approach it and but the weird thing too is like and this is something that i've been discussing with myself on my own podcast like the past couple weeks is uh i'm I'm thinking like I, I've kind of deciphered the some kind of way or category for how I shoot and create. Right. Mm-hmm. And I feel like as a, as a filmmaker, I am what I would think of as a, uh, as a conventional creative in that, like I'm not doing anything super experimental, but I like narrative stuff and I like being very hands-on and like how everything is produced and, and, uh, and, you know, created versus documented, you know? Sure. And then as a photographer, I feel more like an unconventional documentarian photographer in that I try to keep whatever setting or model or whatever as true to how it is as possible. And I move myself around the world to, to capture it. And I try to keep, you know, I try to capture it in a way that's different, you know, it's kind of artistic, but it's not like me uh, manipulating the scene in, in a way. So it's, it's like a weird, it's like a weird, uh, uh, opposite to how I approach both the mediums, but it, in a, in also another weird way, it kind of feels one and the same to me, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. The only thing I have to say is producers who didn't finish those works. If you're listening, you finish those right now. You stop listening and you finish those right now. Right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> after I after I brought out the mean Jackson, uh, so I once again did a little bit of research. Talk about the Kjo show. I'm just gonna leave it at that. Talk about the Kjo show. Oh my God, you you went kind of deep. Holy yes, okay. sir. <laughs> uh, okay, that was a YouTube channel. I I only just recently kind of uh, rebranded and restarted, but I started it at the end of high school. And, um, it was just a kind of an outlet. Uh, I, that was pre glow up Kjo. That was pre <laughs> pre glow up Kimani. So, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I, it was just a thing where I thought I'd make videos and talk on camera and then, um, and, you know, edit stuff just so at least I could learn, uh, editing better than, you know, than before. And then like talk about, whatever came to mind. And then I stopped that because my budget stopped matching my vision. (laughs) And then my, and then also my persona, like on it, it felt too much like a persona. It felt too fake. So I just stopped it for a while. And then I've tried rebooting it uh, multiple times over the past three years that I've been off of it. And then uh, just recently in the past month during COVID, I was like, you know what? Uh, Screw it. I'm just going to like, make something especially since down here i got all this like home studio home studio stuff to shoot while i'm not able to you know shoot with models and stuff so i uh so i figured with that stuff i'll just start making something and then i decided to do some photo critique because i had friends ask me um who have been starting photography like recently they've asked me to critique their stuff so i figured i'd do it on video form and here i am making videos whenever i feel like it cool you know that's fantastic <laughs> I'm yeah, I'm supposed to shoot a couple later, so. Well, uh, cool. We'll be yeah. on the lookout. 
very, very, congratulations on the on the the reboot of the KJO show. Yeah. And uh, speaking Thank on you. glow ups, I just try, I try to just remove all photos on the internet of pre Jackson glow up. There's some still on my <laughs> Facebook, but uh, there's one of me at the movie the, a movie theater in Concord Mills. If if anyone's listening knows Concord Mills. It was when the first Alvin and the Chipmunks movie came out, I think. The live action one? Yeah, the live action. And and they, oh they had like the Alvin and the Chipmunks like cardboard cutouts or whatever. And there's me <laughs> kneeling in front of them throwing up a peace sign. So nice. <laughs> if you, if you dig nice. deep enough on my Facebook, you can find that one. Well, my face has looked the same since I was about 10. Yeah. So, yeah, so really like any old yeah. pictures, I look the same. Yeah. <laughs> you can't tell how old she is. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't really touched Facebook either. Uh, it's like only I have my Instagram set to send my stories to Facebook too. So that's really it. Yeah. Nice. Of that, I haven't touched Facebook in years. Yeah, exactly. So, well, I guess then this might be false information too. So I famously blundered on asking people questions about them on this show because sometimes my research doesn't go correctly. Yeah. Or sometimes people have common names and we find the wrong person. Uh. <laughs> Correct. Yes. So I saw that on Facebook, you're learning Norwegian. I guess first question, is that true? Second question, <laughs> how's that going? Uh, yeah. Okay. That's true. Yeah. Okay, good. All right. Thank Yay. God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm embarrassed myself, but I speak a little Norsk, but I can also speak a That sounded pretty good I to speak us. a little Norwegian, but not enough to hold a conversation. Well, <laughs> well wait, what did that mean? What did that mean? Yeah. That, that's what, no, that's oh, that's what, what you said. Oh. Okay. That's what I said. <laughs> yeah. Wow. All right. So, uh, that's how I, little Norwegian we know. I am on my 223rd uh, day streak on Duolingo. So. Wow. That is wow. very impressive. I am on a three-day streak on Duolingo currently. Um, <laughs> I'm on a... But oh, no, wow. we, should, we should become friends. I've been trying to learn Spanish for like eight years. <laughs> I'm on a negative... Oh, yeah. Negative 150 Duolingo streak. Something like that. It's been oh, a while. <laughs> oh, no. Get back on the horse. Bro. I do. Yeah. I need to. Now, now that... The owl's going to shoot you in your sleep. Yeah. He will, won't he? He will. <laughs> Uh, now that you've inspired me, K. Joe, I, I'm I'm gonna get started again. Um, yeah. So, our next questions are possibly my most favorite questions. Yeah. It's our rapid fire questions, pew, but pew. road trip edition. Yeah, special segment just for you. Yes, yes. So, first one: What is your favorite road trip movie? Besides this one, my favorite, mm-hmm. my favorite road trip movie. So I'm gonna be honest. I'm like a failure of a filmmaker because I don't watch nearly enough movies as, as as I should. But that's okay. I will say uh, a goofy movie. A goofy movie. At is a great one. choice. Yeah. At is... least recently, yeah. Recently, that's been it for sure. I think all time that could be it, and yeah, there would be I no didn't shame even think that. about that one. Yeah, that's a really wow. good. Literally, the first thing that came to mind, I, I thought of this question, and I was like, "College road trip, duh." Raven Simone, Martin Lawrence. <laughs> uh, <laughs> great. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen yeah. that movie in forever, but I think uh, my favorite is the original Muppet movie. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the oh, the old yeah. one. There's there's a lot of good music in that one. Yeah, but it's a classic. Yeah, very that's good. A great one, classic. actually. Yeah. yeah, I haven't okay. seen that in years too. So yeah. There you I, go. I made Jackson yeah. watch it a few months ago. She did. But... She did. It was very good. It was yeah. very good. So if you're looking mm. for for a, a a watch, I believe watch it's on one. Disney Plus. It, it is. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Favorite road trip snack. Favorite road trip snack. Uh, trail mix. Oh, trail but mix. Specifically, specifically uh, the planner's uh, tropical one with like the 
banana chips and like the the yogurt chips and stuff like that. Ooh, that's, that's the one. delightful. And like the pineapple, yeah, the pineapple of dry yeah. pineapple stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, there I was just a got tropical... my braces out so I could finally eat them again. Oh yes. yeah, awesome. <laughs> yeah. There was a there was a tropical trail mix that you know it it was like from Aldi. It was a very specific kind. And my mom mm-hmm. got me like two big bags of it for our like four day road trip across the country when yes. we moved out here. Did you knock both of those yeah. out? Uh, I finished the second one a few days after we got here. Wow, wow. But I mean, well, because I was eating that instead of like meals. Sure, <laughs> as you do. Which which segues into our next question, <laughs> kind of. If you could road trip anywhere in the United States, or I guess domestic United States, yeah, uh, or continental United States. That's what I meant. Yeah. Um, where would it be, and what route would you take? Okay, well, then the answer is I'm going to do that, and oh. it's my tiny house trip, and I'm hitting 49 states, at least 49 states. Wow. wow. So you're, you're so going up to uh, Alaska. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's going to be – I feel like that I'm going to document the whole trip, like blog form or, some, or something, so I think it's going to be like a big stretch. Uh, but, I, but, yeah, I, I definitely want to do that. Wow. Are you doing like a like a yeah. little uh, zigzag route, you know, up and down through the country, or? Well, yeah. So I so um so since since we're still two years out, I haven't built the thing yet. Um, sure. I'm uh, I still have it. Like I did like one plan out to see like if I were to do it, um, how long would it take to hit all like every state, like one city in every state, mm-hmm. uh, spending like a day or two there, and it only and it's only like three months of travel. Wow. <laughs> so, so um, I'm gonna end up doing it a few times. I'm probably gonna take a break, like like a couple times throughout the year. But I'm gonna end wow. up doing it a few times. So it's gonna be like zigzag, and then like specific destinations for like events and stuff. Sure. Like, uh, uh, sh- you know, when we're shooting short films, we're gonna go there for a while. It'll be it'll be a mix of things. Wow. Well, that sounds God incredible. Speed. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I I can't wait to to see your documentation of that. That sounds really awesome. Oh. So can I. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. All right. In your road yeah. trip experience, do you prefer to be the driver or the rider? Uh, rider. I haven't driven so much. Mm. I haven't driven nearly as much. Fair. Um, New York native. Yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I only want to drive since my dad lives down here and I needed to drive. <laughs> sure. sure. <laughs> in Georgia. So, Yeah. But I don't have a car in New York, and I do not intend to. So, mm, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. that that makes perfect sense. I would say I, like I, I like you know the opportunity to like read or something. But I do kind of like the yeah. driving aspect of it. Like it is kind of nice sometimes. Yeah, right. I, I I can see it. It's it's kind of relaxing. Yeah, I've, I've done a, I've driven like long distance for like uh, three hours out of fifteen. So, mm, um, yeah, yeah. So it's fun. Yeah, yeah. I think like. I don't know. In my perfect world where I don't get car sick, I'd prefer to be a rider so I can sleep. <laughs> but the problem right. is I do get car sick if I'm not driving. So That is the problem. <laughs> so I kind of need to drive unless I'm really tired. Made our cross-country road trip very fun. Yeah. <laughs> That's, yo, I get the same thing because I can't, I can't really be on my phone when I'm in the car. Like, I, if I'm yeah. on it for too long, I get really, get really nauseous, like, after, like, 15 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, and for the cross-country yeah. thing, it was usually, like... I would sleep the first half of the day and then drive the second half of the day. So it was usually okay, you know. But then the problem was because we were driving west, I was always like squinting into the sun. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. But oh well. She pulled the short straw on that one. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you feel about driving at night? I, I am slowly, slowly becoming 
uh, more comfortable with it. <laughs> That's all I can say. I don't, I don't like driving. I don't really like driving at night. I mean, if I'm alone in the car, fine. But like, if I have anyone else in the car for some reason, my whole like it just give me some kind of level of anxiety. It's like, ah, oh, I don't want to crash and kill us both. Sure. If it's just killing me, then fine. But I don't want to yeah. kill anyone else. So. Oh yeah, well that's very that's very selfless of you. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. I went to college in um in the mountains of North Carolina, so like the Blue Ridge Parkway area. Good old and there yeah. are some janky mountain roads up there, like with no railings. You oh, know, man. like just you go off a cliff. And there was one time I had to drive to Knoxville for it was like a a mass audition thing. Um, And because there were a bunch of mudslides, um, part of the 40 was closed that we were supposed to take to get there. So I had to take this route. It was called like the tail of the dragon. (laughs) And it was so scary. It was like you could not even go anywhere close to the speed limit because I had to do it at night. Or you would straight up go off the cliff because the turns were so tight, you know, like no railings on most of them, just go off the edge. Like there was like no street lights. It was horrible. (laughs) So. Um, okay. That's that's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I remember driving in Grenada with my my, uh, uncle because in Grenada is a mountainous island and, uh, it's like some of the roads are like just straight drops into water and rocks. So there are. And then my uncle, he drives a bus, so uh, there's and there's no like not like a bus like we know up here, but more like a eight or ten seat thing. Um, sure. And right. uh, and those they, they drive like maniacs, so it's right. always fun, almost dying when I go. Yeah. Visit <laughs> yeah. Family, nice old family visit, yeah. near death experience yeah. at the same time. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty, final question, and I think it's a, a hard fitting, one though. It it's... is a hard one, but I think a fitting end. Three albums, Road Trip Edition. You can only listen to these three the whole time. Go. Oh, oh, that is a hard one. Okay. Um, let me think. If you need Bob time, Marley's Survival. Okay, great. Nope, you got it. You got yeah. it off the dome. Yeah, Bob Marley Survival. That's number one. Uh, I think number two. Uh, I got to put some Rise Against in here. That's my favorite band. So. Mm. Uh, Maybe, maybe the unraveling, Rise, Rise Against, and uh, number three. I need some kind of road trippy, more road trippy. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe Pearl Jam ten. Okay. Okay. All solid choices. Yeah. yeah. Very nice. Lauren, did you 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 thought of yours right? Well, I, I did. Didn't, so I, I'm not I cheated. Participate. So I looked I looked mine up last night um, to make my decision. So I have the Black Parade is one. Can't live oh. without it. Um. I don't know if you're familiar with Amanda Palmer because I I don't listen to a whole lot of punk rock, but like the closest I get is probably the Dresden Dolls. Um, okay. But but her independent stuff, uh, she has an album called "There Will Be No Intermission" that I really really like. And then my last one's probably American Idiot because I I want a good sing along mm-hmm. album. American Idiot yeah, would probably sure. be on my top three as well. Yeah, well, because it's not right. necessarily like top three albums of all time, but like good road trip jam albums yeah 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 and it's and it's a little longer too which is good yeah you know? exactly you you want a little length yeah. on these yeah. so so the songs <laughs> don't get too repetitive <laughs> all right well those are all of our questions yeah thank, thank you, you so, so much this was for a lovely on. interview this yeah. was lovely and it's great to have someone Love who actually it. listens to the show on here so yeah true you were you were prepared <laughs> all these other fakers got no i'm kidding i love all of our guests <laughs> 
I'll be honest. I'm and I'm not, I can't. I'm not saying this is just because I'm on the podcast because you know you could listen back to my my own podcast and hear me uh, say I, I like the green light, but I really Aww. do like the green light. Oh, you, you guys so are much. what? Yeah, you guys are what I originally uh, started listening to script notes for. Like I thought script notes was going to be um, you know more script analysis and stuff like that, and then it ended up being more like craft uh, like and kind of industry stuff. But mm. this is kind of what I was looking for when I found script notes. So uh, oh, well, y'all are great. Well, I'm so glad. Yeah. Well, yay. Thank yeah. you. Well, sorry, script notes. We're better than you. But, <laughs> but all right. Do you have anything yeah. you'd like to plug? I know you've talked about a few upcoming projects or anything, but do you have anything else you'd like to mention? Anything soon? Okay. Well, my own podcast, uh, the Unprompted Podcast. I talk uh, unprompted, unfiltered. I say some wild ish sometimes, <laughs> but it's. Yeah, and the audio sucks, so maybe don't listen to it. But Aww. if you want to, if you're interested in me at all, um, I just talk every day for 15-ish minutes a day and just say whatever's on my mind. So awesome. the Improv Podcast, it's on everything. Um, well, great. Uh, we we will else? put a link to that in the description yes, and also to your YouTube channel. Yes, the KJO Show. Cool. cool. Yeah, KJO Show, and uh, then my Insta at KJO Callis, and then I guess uh, in the future I got a short film I'm trying to shoot by end of the year, and then... Uh, my tiny house trip in two years. So awesome! Here we go. You well, got yeah, things on yeah. the horizon. Keep us updated. Yeah, please do. Oh yeah, please yeah, do. totally. totally. Alrighty, thank you, K. Joe. This was amazing. All right, thank you. Alrighty, awesome. Bye. All right, see ya. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Green Light. The Green Light. Thank you to our guest who came on. Thank you to our wonderful friends who came on and helped us record the wonderful script. Yeah. Now, if you have not done it yet, it would be really helpful if you would go on Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review. If you roast me, or if you roast Lauren, or if you leave a detour, we'll probably read it on air. That's right. Mm -hmm. Another way you can help us is by subscribing to our Patreon. We have lots of exclusive content on there, and you can give as little as a dollar a month, and you'll still get a lot of it. Yeah, a lot of our bonus detours, a lot of our ramble episodes, and $5 for the Greenland episodes, which are my favorite. So that link is in the description. Yes, also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Instagram, Twitter, TGL underscore pod. Facebook is... At GreenLightPod. Yes, and if you want to follow us personally, I'm at at J underscore Woodward underscore C on Instagram and Twitter. I am at Hunkleberry, H-U-N-K-E-L-E-B-E-R-R-Y on Instagram and Twitter. And I think that's it. That's it. Thanks. Thank y'all so much for listening. We love you. Love you.